Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He is a thick wide receiver who is powerful from the waist down. Hi, this is Zach Booth and Papa Forge, and we are Out of the Closet Sports, a weekly podcast where we talk about all things sports from the gay perspective. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. How are you, Papa? She's good. How are you? I'm good. Do you notice anything different about me this week? You're wearing your middle school baseball shirt. I am wearing my softball jersey because... Why? Uh, Thank you for asking. Because last weekend we had our playoff tournament and our team came in second place. Is that good? I need you to be a little more impressed. Our team came in second place. What was your overall record for the year? Papa, we were in sixth place of six teams. I think we only had like three wins. Out of how many... Oh, I don't know how games. many games we ended up playing because there was so much rain. But Where I, do you bat in the lineup? I bat second. A lot of the time I was batting first, but then they dropped me to second. You know what they say about second? What? First loser. No, try that again. Isn't it? No, they say first is the worst, second is the best. No, second is definitely the first loser. Anyway, so we can't, first loser. Oh, I see what you're saying. It just didn't really makes sense in my ear but neither does half the stuff that you say thanks <laughs> but no I, we had a really i'll say this at 40 and nine tenths i should not be playing six games in a row in 85 degree heat but i did pretty well i hit a triple you hit a triple yeah division c <laughs> it doesn't work that way what division are you in? I think it's called Fitzpatrick, which okay. is the second how many, highest. Like, how many Irish people are ahead of you? <laughs> I, I don't know. I actually have no idea how many Irish people are on my team, but some of them. No, have I mean the how many Irish, Irish leagues are in, like divisions? If you're there's one, is there like the O'Neill in front of you? No, the first they're they're named after prominent players in the history of Big Apple softball. Oh my God, I know Fitzpatrick. Okay, there you go. Fitz, that's definitely D. Terrific. <laughs> no, it is the second highest, and. I also was really, I made some catches that I, I really impressed myself. And you play in the outfield. Yeah. I play left center field. I mean, you have these huge hands. Yes. Like these giant hands. Okay. Which reminds me of, I remember one time. Oh, here so we Zach go. is an actor and we were in Boston one time, me and one of our friends. Which can I just interject and say was, was very sweet. Like. Yeah, it was very nice. Papa and our friend drove up to Boston from New York to see me in a play. And I don't know if you've seen a play ever before or since. No. So, it was so a I nice didn't realize gesture. like when you go in the afternoon, it's like, like older crowd and stuff. So there was like older people around us, which was fine. Right. 
And Zach had to give this monologue. And he's given this monologue, which was, like, very interesting because he's playing, like, a tough person, which was just very, like, fun to see. (laughs) So then he, like, stands up there and he holds his hands out. And he's like, these hands are made for violence. (laughs) And I said, I, like, I said, did he say violins? (laughs) And the person I was sitting with got, like, all anxious because, like, you know, I'm loud. I don't care where I am. Um, so I started like waking up the people next to me and I'm like, did, did he say violins? Did you guys hear that? Is it violins? Cause there's no way he said those dainty ass hands are made for violence. Well, so- it was an important moment for you because you learned that when you go to the theater, you're really not supposed to speak back to the story. 100%. It's not interactive. Right? No. And now you know that. So it was a teachable moment. Thank you for that. And to be fair to your judgmental perspective of me i was uncomfortable standing on top of the roof of this set every day holding my hands out going these hands were made for violence (laughs) and the day that you were there i was like oh no it was amazing (laughs) i wish i could have recorded i almost stopped the show and was like can you do that again (laughs) well my big giant violent hands are really good at catching softballs that's amazing they weren't always the first season that i played i had gone to like the local like sports was it models or something was still in business and just bought whatever glove was left. And I didn't realize that like after the spring, everyone has bought all of the gloves. And I also didn't realize that what I bought was a youth glove. <laughs> so I was out there for like three games with this glove and it was really tiny and, and, violins in the and my giant violin <laughs> hands are larger than the glove itself. No, but I'm out there in the outfield my third game ever playing with these people somebody hits a pop-up i'm like right there i'm under it i'm ready to go i put my glove up it goes right past my glove and whacks me in the face (laughs) and i had a big bloody nose and a giant swollen lip but all i really cared about was that my face might get ruined and luckily it's still okay well i think your face is beautiful. Oh, well, thank you for lying. You're we welcome. all appreciate it very much. I got you, sis. So one thing that came up at this tournament, in my mind, it's something I think about a lot while I'm playing in the league. It's a queer league, but there are a lot of straight people that play. And it's my perspective that some of the people that manage the teams go out looking for ringers, like straight guys that are really good at softball and bring them in. And maybe these people have no interest in being an ally, have no interest in being in a queer league, but just like winning. So our team has a couple of like really great athletes who happen to be straight identifying cis men. And they're not always there during the season, but they play enough games where they qualify for the playoffs. And I think that kind of accounts for why when we got into the playoff rounds, all of a sudden our sixth place team became a second place team. So I'm curious, like, how do you feel about straight people occupying like queer sports places? Well, I just find it very funny because like straight men have like pretty much the whole world to do anything they want. Sure. Especially when it comes to sports. So like they're never around for the fundraising. They're never around for like, you know, just setting up the field, breaking down the field. The straight people I've, had on my teams that have been super involved in all the outside stuff, I've really respected. But the ones that just show up always annoyed me. But mm-hmm. luckily, I played a contact sport, rugby. So I used to dog these people in practice. And I will dog <laughs> any stray person that's ever come to my practice back then and in the future. How so- can I dog people in a softball practice? 
Show them your hands, girl. Oh. <laughs> like, Shh, aren't you afraid of your monologue? Hand? Like next time a straight person bumps you, be like, my hands were made for violence. <laughs> I should, I should, if I, if I strike out, just stand on home plate and do a monologue <laughs> or something like that. Um, uh, yeah, I try not to be like too judgmental because I'm like happy to have these guys in the league. Hold on one second. I feel like you just set me up because you just made me judge. And then you just said, I'm trying not to be too judgmental. Okay. Uh, then I, I take back that statement. I wasn't trying to set you up to be judgmental. You just happened to be very judgmental in everything that you do. I try to keep an open mind with these people that we're playing with. But it does sometimes cross my mind that maybe it's not appropriate or maybe instead of going out to like recruit particularly very talented athletes who happen to be straight we should wait and let those people come to us because we do have recruiting days we do have tryouts in the spring where people do show up and predominantly the people that come to those days are queer identifying and so there are ways to build the league without going out and finding these quote ringers and i don't know it just kind of makes me feel a little ugly and then i kind of look sideways at the managers that are going out and finding these people you know what i wanted to share with you that i thought that you would appreciate this team that kicked our butts and when i tell you that they won the the championship and they kicked our butts we played them twice over the course of the day and i think it was like 20 to 2 and then like 25 to 4 we're a pretty athletic team. This is the most unathletic collection <laughs> of people I have ever seen. Like they were all, you know, older men with like those softball bodies, but they were so What's a softball body? Well, it's I want you to fat shame everyone right it's now. It's kind it. of like no, they're not fat. It's like a football on pencils. You know what I mean? <laughs> like sort of like a flamingo body. Like they're well, Okay. Okay, keep going. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm sure this sounds great. And they're so good at hitting the ball, though. No matter where we went or what we did, you could just, they would lob the ball up there and they would just crack over your head, crack over your head. Oh, you want to play deep in the outfield? Crack. We'll drop it over the right over the infield. You want to push the infield back? Great. We'll crack liner right in front yeah, of Yeah, softball players like, are really good at placing. So I was shocked. The unexpected looking softball players are usually pretty amazing. But when I played rugby, and I still play rugby, when I first started playing, they had something called the Bingham Tournament, and they still do. It's Bingham Cup. And when I first played, it was eight teams and everybody was gay. But now, like, when we – Bingham's every two years, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't see these straight people coming around. And then all of a sudden, as Bingham comes, they all, like, flood the teams. And they all want to, like – and, and, and they, they don't act like a guest on the team. Mm. They try to, like, change the whole environment of the team. You know what I mean? They give like pumped up speeches like, bro, we got to hit them so hard. And I'm like, I watch you and tackle. You suck. <laughs> like, don't ever teach me how to tackle. You do not need to teach me how to tackle, nor do you need to give me like any sort of lessons about any of this. They'll be like, iron sharpens iron. And I'm like, girl, if you don't get out of my face, I swear to God, like I say, like, it's just such a joke that like. Because I know if they brought that on straight teams, they like they'd be quiet, you know. Mm. Like the other straight people would be like, "Shut up!" Yeah. But they feel so overconfident, dominating in our sport, and they're not that good. Like none of them has ever been better than me, right? And I, I will flat out say that to them, and I have said that to them, and I, will I say don't that, doubt it. I mean, because it's just it's annoying because you are for the people who have never played sports that try to come out to gay rugby. 
they feel so intimidated because of you. And that's why they've never played sports before because of your toxicity, because of all the stuff and the environments like that. And then you're bringing it into our sport. Mm -mm. So if you want to be straight and come in, like (laughs) if you choose to be straight and you come into like gay sports, you're going to make that choice. Like you have to like, adapt to us and the environment and you need to be conscious of the people around and everyone started off at different levels we don't need to adjust it for you Mm -hmm. so i was very much that queen to make it very uncomfortable for them do you know what i mean like like when they talked about like straight stuff like with women and i'd be like oh my god (laughs) you know what i mean for you yeah like it was just because it's like you know because we would talk about gay stuff and they'd be like oh you know well i'm straight and I'm like, well, I couldn't tell because of the way you tackle. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you know, it was very much like, you know, we're on the team, but there's levels to it. Yeah. And we don't. And also, we don't care that you're straight. We're just yeah. having a conversation. And I feel for like gay tournaments. Like, why are you here? Like the Bingham Cup is to like honor gay athletes. We're so grateful that like the sport has grown and everything. But like, you're just here for this. You're not mm. showing up for us year round. Like. But I'm not saying that's everybody, obviously. Sure. And these are the ones that are toxic is what I'm like, what I'm referring to, because there have been a huge amount. So many straight people that have come in to gay rugby that have been like amazing allies and like have helped so many. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I'm not talking about them. Like, thank you for doing that. But like, I'm talking about the ones that like come in and expect us like as if we needed that pep talk, like we needed them. Right. Anyway. Yeah, just bring your athletics to the field. We don't need anything else. I will say that my experience with softball is that it is a really lovely way to be competitive. The teams are very competitive. People play very hard. People get excited. They get into it. There's definitely, like, aggressive managing going on. But there are only a couple of times that I have experienced, like, conflict, like, true conflict where people are yelling at each other or threatening to fight. Did you walk into Second Avenue? (laughs) No, I didn't. But if you have no idea what we're talking about, go back and listen to the first episode of the podcast (laughs) where you'll hear a lovely story about how I avoid conflict. But as I was saying, these the only time I've ever seen fights in Big Apple softball are when it's the straight people. Oh, for sure. Ugh. Disgusting. Awful. Bye. How dare you? Breed elsewhere. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, girl, this week on the show, what I really wanted to talk to you about was the Jaguars strength coach, Kevin Maxson, 
being the first out male coach in the NFL. Yes, round of applause. Thunderous mm-hmm. round of applause for Kevin Maxson. Are you being sarcastic? No, I'm being serious. I, I just don't know how to do a round of applause on a podcast. So that's probably what you were hearing. Okay. Well, anyway, I think it's amazing that he's one of the first out male athletes in American pro sports. It's incredible. I'm just wondering why it's taken so long. Really? I have no idea. But real quick, first, can you explain? He's a strength coach. So he's a strength coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL, and he is responsible for the offense and defense alignment, their strength program. So he works very closely with them. Incredible. Yes. So I know that there have been assistant coaches, that lesbian assistant coaches that came out in 2017. There was Kim Sowers, I think it was. Yes. Or Sowers. Yeah, I don't know how to say her name, but that is it. Okay. So she was one of the first female coaches to come out in the NFL and there's been several female coaches that come out since but there's not many coaches that are out period in the NFL and I think like every NFL team must have about like 25 to 30 coaches oh so there's definitely more gay coaches 100 I mean there's 900 and they just can't be like these five and I just wonder like does it have Anything to do with like the the like level of intimacy with the players? Like I don't know. I I read this out sports article that uh, you had sent me, and I was struck that he said uh, this was Kevin Maxson said I have a pretty good sense of humor, so a lot of the guys I can joke with and not take anything personally. And to me, that sort of implied that that felt like the most dangerous part of him coming out was that like he was going to be teased. Or almost as if he was acknowledging, though, that even now that he has come out, that he's still open to being teased. I mean, you have more, a lot more experience in that world than I do. Is is that like the biggest deterrent? Is it just like the the everyday conversation between the players and the coaches or the locker room talk, for lack of a better phrase? I think, like, obviously, I don't know his situation, but I just know, like, the, the way – he works with the players, and it's, like, so personal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's their workouts. You yeah. know what I mean? It's their strength and conditioning. Like, it's a lot. Like, he travels with the team and everything like that. So I'm sure there's some sort of, like, these people aren't going to respect me as much, you okay. know, or they're going to be uncomfortable around me. Right. I don't know if he stretches players out and stuff. I think that's more like athletic trainers. Okay. Right? But, like, I know, like, working with a trainer, especially a sports trainer, it's, like, they're very involved. Like they're analyzing your body. Yeah. You know, so it's, it can be like a very intimate, but not like intimate, like way we think of intimate, but like sure. it's very close yeah. situation. Like, you know, what they're eating, what they're working out. Like you're getting these guys in shape. So Certainly. I'm sure there's a level of how uncomfortable these players are going to be around me. Yeah. And I, I think also like maybe with the, you said he travels with the team. Right. Yeah. So like in the culture of travel, right, you're away from your family, you're away from your partner. I would imagine then that like conversations about like sexuality and sexual identity come up more often because maybe players are going out to strip clubs or maybe they're all going out and picking up girlfriends on the side. I don't know. But I think like if you're that level of emotional intimacy, like being away from home, sharing that space with other people, I would imagine that that's going to come up a lot. So it's it. what really strikes me about this whole thing is like how long this man had to go through his life at the high level that he was operating in his field and have to hide so much about himself. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure it couldn't have been 
easy at all. And that's why I'm wondering, like, in the last, like, five, six years, 2023, I know the NFL has done all these pride campaigns and stuff like that. Like, why isn't there more, whether it's hiring practices, like, why not hire more openly out gay coaches? Do you know what I mean? Like, why do the coaches have to come out after they've already been in the door? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they should be actively sought out. Totally. I feel that way. And I immediately after you brought up this topic, I wanted to see what the NFL had said about it. And I tried to go on their website and see if they had like posted any of the news articles about it. And there was a presence of it on the website, but it was not what I would describe as like a supportive presence, you know, like it was acknowledging the existence of it. But I think this is an opportunity for the NFL to come out as an organization and say like, wow, this is incredible. How brave that this person is. Let's uplift this person. Let's make other people feel comfortable because this guy is obviously incredible at what he does. So why would they want to miss out on the talent pool that is gay people? Yeah, honestly, I really have no idea. It really stumps me on that. The other thing that struck me is uh, he said in the Outsports article that he had contacted uh, Carl Nassib. Is that how you say it? Nassib or Nassib? I think so. Okay, Carl Nassib (laughs) in early 2022. And then his announcement didn't come out until, like, I think, what a month it was june july july of 2023 so the the amount of time that it took from him having the conversation with an out nfl player to then being able to talk about it publicly just that just seems like a long time and you know i know you've been in situations like this because of your public profile where you have to put out some content or you have to talk about something that's important there's anxiety that exists until you get it done and so he had to live with that anxiety not to to say anything of the anxiety of being in the closet but the anxiety of being ready to come out he had to have that there for over a year yeah i guess also in like carl's situation he has a contract you know what i mean carl's like has a presence uh, a, a public image um, a voice outside if something were to go sideways. I'm not saying it was easy, but it seemed like he had a more support system. This guy, who knows? Like, he could have just been fired and, like, not – I mean, it's Florida yeah. where he works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think it's a little bit trickier for him. But I'm glad he's out and he seems to be thriving. I know for me, like, in college, how difficult it would have been for me – like when I was closeted to support a gay coach in college. Yeah. So how how would that have how would that have felt? How would you have reacted to having a I w- gay coach? I think I would have distanced myself from yeah. the coach if I was closeted myself. You know, and sure. like I, I there was a lot of homophobia in the locker rooms in college and stuff like that. So for me, I don't know how I would have reacted. But when I came out, obviously things went really bad, and I, I stopped playing football. Mm-hmm. Um. But I remember in high school when I was getting recruited, there was a, a person who came out in Boston who was like a third string offensive lineman in high school. No, no college recruiting, no college uh, scholarships at all. And he came out and like he became the poster boy for like coming out and being out and being supportive. And I just thought it was like. If I come out, I'm not getting recruited anymore. If I come out, I'm not going to college anymore. You know what I mean? It's it's 1998. Yeah. You know? So I I, I internalized all of that. So I'm sure this coach and and other coaches have seen really bad experiences, especially in, like, society where people are getting fired for being gay at their jobs. Mm -hmm. You know? 
So they have they have so much to lose. So when someone does come out, I give them a lot of respect because it really makes it less difficult for those that can't come out. And for those that can't come out, like, you know, hopefully it gets better for them. And I hate saying, like, it gets better, but, it like, you know, hopefully the situation gets better. Yeah, you sincerely hope that. And I, I, I'm just struck now talking to you about your experience and being in that locker room and what it meant for you at that time in your life. Like, this is going to have a ripple effect. Like... I think it's fair to say that that locker room that he occupies will never be the same. Yes. And that is a really powerful thing because there is homophobia flying around. I mean, I have limited experience just from like high school sports and locker rooms and things like that. And I was outwardly very homophobic because I was inwardly homophobic anyway, very complicated, but you get it. And I just think all these people are going to be aware that there is now a queer person around. And so they're going to have to be careful. And I, I also think that the, the image I have of like a strength and conditioning coach, like it's this classical, you know, masculine dominant image that I have. And I understand that like that is maybe problematic that I have that image, but I do think that that's going to have an even larger impact because people are thinking here is this like super masculine, hyper masculine image of a, a strength and conditioning coach and now that is the person that is for lack of a better word going to be sort of like policing this space for queer appropriate behavior or like, and he like he's a strength coach for like the most like stereotypical like cis acting like offense and defense alignment yeah you know and what I, mean? I also love that like that's who's gonna have his back yeah so, like let's say that like one of the wide receivers comes in and just like drops an f-bomb and then all of a sudden the offensive line is like i'm sorry what yeah like excuse us say it again. we don't speak like that around here anymore <laughs> i love that we've turned them they're very sassy this offensive line i love that yeah we like a sassy offense they're gonna line. walk out like patrick mahomes on the field <laughs> <laughs> well they swish, are swish. they are very um like you, you're very, uh, what is it called? Nimble, like the oh, way that you move. No, 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 no. I would never publicly out mm. loud. Um, <laughs> but they're very nimble. Like don't offensive linemen and defensive linemen like study ballet, like study dance at times to like work on footwork and handwork. You've never heard of this. No. I wish everyone could see. I know Evander Holyfield. Right now. I know Evander Holyfield when he was training boxing, he did a lot of ballet. I know for a fact that like they, they do. I use... think you're thinking yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure yoga is involved. Oh my God. I remember one time you tried to like stretch and you tried to touch your hamstrings and girl, you could barely get past your knees. My try that again. Okay. You tried to stretch your hamstrings. <laughs> there it you is. You tried to touch your toes. I love it. And you could barely touch your knees. Yeah. I really can't touch my toes. That's unreal. I got a lot better at it in the spring. I was running a lot and I was stretching a lot, but then as the softball season progressed, I tightened up. Oh my God, bitch. Really we've wild. taken yoga together before. We have. Oh my and I'm God. not even an offensive lineman. Girl. Wait. So talking about, you know, gay coaches, can we just touch on the fact that you are a gay coach? Uh, that's right. I mean, I'm at the gay coach level. I'm a coach at like the lowest level, like, you know, third, fourth grade yeah. flag football for my son's league. Yeah. And it's just so funny that in this league, I know more than all the other dads. Sure. Like 100%. Uh -huh. And it's funny. There's like an NFL announcer. and I'm not going to like talk who it is, but he's in our league and he okay. coaches his kids and he's always like, he like lifts up the kids and screams and I'm like, calm down, girl. This is flag football. <laughs> we they're not like learning how to tackle, like just be a good teammate, learn to be coachable, all of that. Like that's all I care about. Safety first, all of that stuff. 
And then some of these parents, like, they'll get so mad that their kid's not playing the whole game. And I'm like, well, we have 18 kids and there's seven positions, so we can't play everyone equally, Mm -hmm. right? So this year we had about three fourth graders on the team and the rest were third graders. So I was getting the fourth graders ready for fifth, sixth. So I played them a lot, right? And we were losing. I wasn't trying to win. I was just trying to get them ready. Okay. I offered two practices a week. And it was only supposed to be like one practice a week, but I, I was getting everybody ready, you know? Yeah. So I gave two practices a week to these kids. And then I tried my best to rotate all the other kids through. And there were parents that would get so upset that their kid wasn't playing, but their kids were awful children. Oh, The worst, right? Not players, just children. Awful children, yeah. not awful I, players. No, I get it. I just want to clarify. They were like, you know, if you turn your back, they push a kid. Oh. Like, they won't listen to anything you say. They'll throw rocks at kids. And I'm like, please stop, yeah. right? Can I talk to your parent? And they're like, my mom's not here. My nanny is. That's all I had to hear. You know, yeah. like, every kid's, none of their parents were there. Their nannies were there. So I'm like, girl, okay. So I sent out an email. I told the parents, I'm like, so this is what we are going to expect from the kids this year. You know, um, where it's not about winning. It's all about good attitude. There's some kids that if they have behavioral problems, I will discuss the parents. Please stay for the practice. Bet. So it worked pretty well. But then, like, there was one guy who he drives a Hummer, right? That's all I'm going to say. He drives a Hummer and he wears Simpsons shirts and Ed Hardy hats. Okay. I got an image. Yeah. He was so mad that his kid wasn't playing. But I literally started this kid, like, three games in a row. And he got so mad would make fun of me on the sidelines. But, of course, he's never going to say anything to me. Sure. You know? So then he got his wife to say something to me. And then <laughs> I told the wife, I'm like, well, this is why your kid has a bad attitude, blah, 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 blah. And that wasn't enough. So then her mother, came, the grandmother, and goes, excuse me, can I talk to you? I said, sure. Right? She goes, why is my grandson over there? And I go, because that's his position. She goes, the whole time? And I go, yes, right? And I had him at wide receiver. And then she goes, honey, I don't understand that. And I go, oh, I'm not your honey, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, this is where it's going to go. You know, because sure. she knows I'm gay. They all know I'm gay. You're going to talk to me condescendingly. Yeah. I'm going to give her right back. And you're going to be mad about it. And I'm not, mm-hmm. right? And so she goes, you're telling me my grandchild is a bad kid? And I'm like, no, I think he has awful parenting. And I think you guys are reinforcing really bad behavior. Yeah. Right? And I go, and do not talk to me this way and get off the field. Ooh. You're going to talk to an old lady this way? And I was like, you're talking to an old they this way. <laughs> right? <laughs> not an old they. Yeah. So she like walked off. And then I got another parent came up to me and she's like, excuse me. Um, I don't think it's really fair that the kids don't play. I'm like, the kids do play a lot. She goes, well, why does my son, not, and I'll call him Rake, right? I don't want to use real names. So she's like, why does my son Rake not like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, Rake, like literally pushes kids. Rake has an awful attitude, right? You guys are never around to discipline them, and it becomes a safety issue, right? And then she goes, well, 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 I don't like, listen, sweetie, sweetie, listen, listen. And I said, oh. Because at this point, I was like, girl, you're about to get red, yes. right? And I think your husband's gay, right? I was like, whoa, whoa. And I, like, told everybody. I'm like, everyone stop. Stop right now. 
there is a straight white woman that has a complaint and we all must listen. I go, sweetie, I'm here for you. Let me have it. She goes, you know, I don't, I don't think that was very nice. I go, no shit, bitch. <laughs> so the next year, those kids didn't play on our team. They started a new team. So that was my experience. That like the level of respect starts like it's it's just they don't give you the respect because you're gay. As soon as like things start falling apart, they automatically feel like they can complain to you about stuff. Sure. So it's not like trust the process. It's like, oh, no, this gay dude doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Well, I think the good news to take away from that, aside from the toxic parenting, is that there is going to be a generation of kids that are growing up that are going to see an out queer person occupying a space where maybe they wouldn't have seen that before. And so I really want to applaud you for doing that. I certainly want to applaud Kevin Maxson for having the courage to come out. And I think that this is just a really great story. And I think it's a really great moment for our community. And I love that we got a chance to talk about it. I also think there's going to be a group of kids that are going to like really fear gay people as they grow up. because of <laughs> Well, those so. kids may be just adjacent <laughs> to this town. Can you imagine that therapy session? As a kid, there was this big gay ogre <laughs> with all these rainbows. And they would scream at my mom and dad. In, in some section of some psychology book, 100 years from now, there's going to be a study and they're going to be like, there was this strange collection of 20 children who all grew up in the same town and grew up intensely afraid of gay men who were over six feet tall. And we've never gotten to the bottom of it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So, girl, what is up with this New York Times article you sent me, this gay announcer? Yes, he is a broadcaster. His name is Eric Bach, and he is a baseball broadcaster for the Fredericksburg Nationals. Is that a major league baseball team or like uh, a AAA? It is a minor league affiliate of the Washington Nationals. So she's a minor league broadcaster? Is that the same thing as an announcer? Uh, Yeah, I think I'm sure they would have they would say there's a distinction between the two. Is he minorly gay? <laughs> Could you imagine? Just a little, little gay. Yeah, he, he can't be really gay until he gets to the major leagues. <laughs> Just the tip. It's major. It's minor. That's so minor. 
Oh, people used to say major. Like major it was a what? gay slang. They'd be like, major. And no, now, that's ma- like, anyone, everyone used to say that. Oh, I thought it was just gays. No, girls. People you made fun of for saying major. Mm. But that is so funny that like in baseball, it's like, <laughs> we're in the majors. Yeah. Uh, they're in the minors. Minors. Uh. Maybe we can make saying something as minor a thing. Okay, well, I, okay, I don't want to take away from this. So what about this gay guy? Well, there was this really interesting article that the Times published talking about his experience and basically that he really anticipated that there would be a lot more gay culture in that world. And he, he had his own experience playing sports as a young person. So he was quoted as saying that he was in locker rooms filled with choruses of homophobic slurs and gay jokes, that sort of thing. And he said he didn't take them personally, but they made him uncomfortable, as did the idea of coming out. So, like, he's not saying that, oh, he's not saying that he was, like, ignorant to the fact that there wasn't a lot of out gay people in professional sports. But I think what he's saying is that, like, even in, like, the broadcast side of things, even in, like, what may, may be considered, like, the more corporate or, like, business side of it, he thought that there might be more visible queerness and that he's finding that there really isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a shock to you. I'm not shocked that he's definitely found himself in deliverance situations with you two. Like, <laughs> like, like, I don't understand. Well, yeah, he travels. You know, he has to go around the country with the team. And He's like, know. did you guys know people don't like us? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that it's, it's like, no, so, I'm shocked. <laughs> it's not so much maybe that he's saying that it's that people don't like them. I think what he's saying is that he was expecting maybe to just find some other queer people right i understand that but like the thing about that is it's like people don't know people always are going to assume you're straight yeah and even like when when you're just like gay acting or whatever the heck that means mm-hmm. right they're gonna be like, oh he's metrosexual yeah. you know what i mean like it, they'll make any excuse for you to be straight to the point where you have to be like no i suck a lot and like i'm i bottom and i top and i'm gay like right. i'm so gay yeah. right so it's like, of course, they're gonna they're gonna be themselves around you, and most people like that are homophobic. Yeah, you know. But but like, congratulations to him for 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 sticking up for himself and and being such of a pillar for the community. Yeah. He's like the Trent Grimm of like <laughs> like a major Trent Grimm, the independent <laughs> Trent Grimm of minor league sport. That's like Ted Lasso, right? Yeah, you watch that. I do. It was excellent. Ted Can you do his reference. voice again? I don't know that it was right. Trent You're... Grimm, the independent. Do it again. What was that? Good? Trent Grimm, the independent. <laughs> or does, he doesn't say the, does he? he? Says Trent Grimm, independent. I have no Maybe idea. Either, a, I don't remember, but I love that show so much. No, you make a really good point uh, talking about like people speaking about their sexuality because in this article box said that he's unsure how widely his sexuality is actually known around the people on the team and it makes him self-conscious in a way he believes is common for gay people in like mostly straight spaces right so like this idea that we have to be continuously coming out that everywhere we go we have to continuously come out there's always the assumption that we're straight and i think for him in this sort of like ever-changing surroundings as going from place to place team to team encountering different broadcasters from different teams i'm sure he has you know buddies out there but i'm sure he has to consistently come out oh and, for sure i yeah. remember one time on halloween this little girl like rang our doorbell mm-hmm. and i wasn't ready like set up because i do this big thing for halloween because it's like gay christmas and i opened up the door and she was like what are you supposed to be like as if like i rang her doorbell <laughs> and i was like the scariest thing on earth <laughs> A depressed, straight, cis man in the suburbs. And she was like, what? And the mom was like, 
can we get a full size Reese's? I'm like, sure, girl. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, the continuous like coming out that makes like a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I just uh, I really thought that it was such a unique and interesting perspective. And um, does he interview players as well, or is he just a broadcaster? You know, I didn't go that much into it, but I would imagine that as a broadcaster, he does have to do some player interviews. Well, if you're a broadcaster, I know that the network can get you the interviews as opposed to if you're a reporter and you have to develop relationship with players to get mm -hmm. interviews and inside scoops, you know? So he probably has some sort of relationship because of the network to get interviews with players but i'm wondering like how personal and how open players will be with him yeah do you know what i mean sure. like i wonder how much this really will impact his career and i wonder if he'll make the majors well i certainly hope that he does make the majors okay. i mean that. i'm not making fun of this guy i think he's amazing but zach's tone is kind of like oh, i don't know homophobic <laughs> homophobic or ally well, we <laughs> oh we're gonna be doing that later yes it's coming game time is just around the corner uh he said something that i thought was profound that i wanted to reflect on with you his quote is that i feel like a burden a lot of gay people live with is trying to be perfect for straight people. You know, if if we're if we're too gay in these spaces, you know, it's like, can you tone that down? Or if we haven't announced that we're gay, it's like, well, why didn't you tell us? You know, like the burden is always on the queer person. Yeah, I feel like the gay burden is eating cream cheese or any cream 24 <laughs> hours before your first date. But also, yeah, that too. That's a... <laughs> oh my God. Gosh, well, I mean, if, if only we could get Eric Bach on here and we could find out what his dairy intake is like. I'm sure we're too minor for her. Oh, probably. <laughs> but who knows? We could be up and coming. You know, he could uh. be a, he could be an excellent guest. I did follow him on the gram. Did he follow you back? No, he didn't. And I sent him a message to say how cool I thought his article was. Oh, my God. What else respond. did you do? That was it. Girl. Please. Anyway, if you want to go back to the first episode, you can listen to Papa Forge embarrass himself with the world's strongest gay. They, thank you very much. That is, that is it. Uh, while I was doing a little research on this, I saw that in February, Anderson Comas, a minor leaguer in the Chicago White Sox organization, came out as gay with a post on Instagram. I saw that too. That's empowering. I didn't hear much about it afterwards. No, I didn't either. And I thought that we probably should have gotten more amplification from the MLB. Was it minor league? Yes. They really don't respect the minors. They truly don't can't stand these majors they don't pay them either that is so rude maybe that's a game that we need to come up with major or minor wait is there any openly gay major league baseball players that are playing currently i don't know that there are any no there are not any that are playing currently but i was in college i slept with one you did that played professional well, he was baseball. currently playing he was currently playing while you slept with him yes and then he never played another day i think he played two more years after that. <laughs> the horror of having oh my God. to sleep and with then you. i slept with a guy who owned a team and i didn't know he owned a team i thought he was a winter olympics broadcaster yeah and then i later saw him in a magazine and i was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy who thought I was a poor escort and would give me he'd give me five hundred dollars. Oh. And I just thought he was being nice. No, he wasn't just being nice. He wore black Velcro sneakers. So I didn't think he had that money, but also we were at the plaza when no, we No, he just up. had corns. Oh, you think so? Uh, you never took off a shoes, girl. <laughs> I was in and out That by. says a lot. There was a player uh that came out in nineteen eighty two, Glenn Burke. But he yeah. claim he came out. I think he'd been out of the 
the league for three years. Wasn't there Billy Bean or something? Billy Bean, yeah, who uh, the owner of the and, and former manager of the Oakland Athletics. He owns them? I thought he was. Was he it not? wasn't the guy I was talking about. General him. manager? Yeah, no, that's Billy Bean. I only know one owner was that guy. Oh, <laughs> that, oh, oh, I see what you're saying. That was not It was not Billy Bean in the story. Just yeah. to clear that up, don't sue us. But if you want to come on the podcast, Billy Bean, we'd be happy to have you. Per daddy. Yes. Oh. All right. Well, let's give it up for Eric Bach, Occupying Straight Spaces. It's an incredible article. I encourage everyone to and go. And the Anderson guy. Yes. And Anderson Comas as well. Thank you so much for your service. We appreciate it. And now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, game time. Mm. Emphasis on the game. <laughs> this week we are going to be playing Rudy or Judy. Papa, what is a Judy? A Judy is us, girl. Okay, fierce. And what is a Rudy? Giuliani, honey. Ooh, disgusting. So disgusting. Rudy's a homophobe. Judy is an ally. Yes. And the rules of the game are you are going to give me some context clues. You're going to tell me maybe a sport, a position, something like that. And then I'm going to guess if the person is a Rudy or a Judy. Yes, basic facts about somebody. Okay, excellent. I am ready. You're ready. Buckled in. Let's do it. Okay, this person is 60 years old, played college basketball at Auburn, 16 years in the NBA, and in 1995 considered running as a Republican candidate. Okay, so there is a... I'm getting hard Rudy vibes here. One, Auburn, that's Southern, right? Considered running as a Republican candidate in the 80s, did you say? 95. 95. Mm, Yeah, okay. Again, I'm getting hard Rudy vibes. And also, you said they're in... They're in their 60s? Yeah. And yeah, this is a Rudy. No. Wait, I, She's a Judy. It's Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley? Yes. Maybe one of our loudest Judys. Yes. In 2006, he said, I was a Republican until they lost their minds. Then recently, with the Dylan Mulvaney situation with Bud Light, he said he would buy Bud Light for the crowd at a celebrity golf tournament in Tahoe and called the Bud Light Boycotters Rednecks. Yes. <laughs> Get those Rednecks, Charles. She pulled them together. You know, quick. we should have known that he was an ally, and oh, I'll yes. tell you why. You ever see him back up in the paint? Girl, she got booty. The way he just enforced his booty on people, he was maybe the original power bottom. Girl, she was the versatile forward. It she was, was incredible. She was a versatile power forward. King Charles also, like, we're obsessed with the Royals. Well, didn't they call general. him, like, the round mound of pound? <laughs> I hope that they did. That sounds about right. I mean, I don't know, but it sounds or like the rebound. Ma- I don't know. The Girl, round Char- mounds of Sir, Char- Sir Charles. They used to call him Sir Charles. Oh, yeah, Daddy they did. Charles. Daddy, Sir Daddy. Sir Excuse Daddy. Me, Sir Charles. Hey, Daddy. Oh, please back uh, it into the paint. Makes me feel tired. Oh, personal foul. <laughs> Flagrant. Yes. I love how you can make anything sound gay. Okay. Thank I'm you. ready for my next clue. <laughs> this is a quarterback. Played at Butte College, NFL for 18 years, dated two actresses and a female athlete. Okay. Well, now, I know that Butte is probably Butte, Montana, which I have been to and had a really scary deliverance-like night staying in a motel there. So that's that, to me, is, is screaming Rudy. And the other clues were played in the NFL for how long? 18 years. 18 years. Okay, that's a long career, but quarterbacks also scream. I'm going to go Rudy again, especially, yeah, dating two actresses. It just, it's, it's giving like trophy wife. It's giving misogyny. Well, 
It's Aaron Rodgers, Ooh. and we don't know where he is, but he does like to go see Wicked with his teammates now that he's in New York City. <laughs> Wait. And he also once clarified for us all that we're so confused. I'm not gay. I really like women. That's all I'm going to say about that. How Clearly was I not straight. aware that Aaron Rodgers went to see Wicked? Uh, yeah, there's like pictures all over. Oh with my god. Aaron gosh. Lazard. I they looked like the cutest gay them. couple. Have they made me so mad. It looked like a better ver- it was like the new gay dads. I was like, they better Ooh, not take my sponsorship. Okay, listen up, Aaron Rodgers. You better back off our territory, okay? Yeah. We don't want to have to come for you on the social. So do you know all the rumors that started about his sexuality back in Green Bay were from his teammates because he had beef with Brett Favre. Okay. Right? So the rumors started about his sexuality because he never bragged about his penis size, which is hilarious because we've all seen Brett Favre's penis. (laughs) Yeah. So like, okay, I don't know. Um, And that he never bragged about the women he slept with. But do you think that maybe like in in Green Bay, like that's what PR is? Like they were like, okay, what are we going to do with this new quarterback? Well, somebody needs to sit him down and tell him that he cannot talk about his penis ever because Brett Favre <laughs> talked wrong. about his penis and we all freaked out. No, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he saw like Brett Favre's imprint in those Wrangler Jean commercials and was just like, I don't want to embarrass this man. Those Wrangler Jean commercials were good. You think so? I was okay with them. I was. That's why you get into deliverance situations in Montana. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, sir, with the Wranglers, you seem friendly. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, like, look at that pickup truck. Yeah, I'm friendly for a murderer. Come on into my truck. No, honey. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Okay. Well, I was wrong. No, I was right this time. I got him right. Good for me. I mean, did you? Yeah, I said that he was a Rudy. But he sounds like a Judy girl. Well, we think he's gay, but that doesn't mean that he's an ally. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, who is next? Oh, my God, this one broke my heart. Oh. Right? But I didn't give it away yet. He was a point guard at UTEP for four years. He's 56 years old, played in the NBA for 14 years, gold medalist in 2000, and grew up in Chicago. Wow, this is a really tricky one. Point guard. Where's UTEP? I don't know. Okay. Texas El Paso. Oh, that's probably right. And played in the NBA for how long? Fourteen years. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Judy. I'm gonna go Judy on this one just because is, Dwayne Wade is not a point guard. He's a shooting guard, right? Or is he a point guard? He's a shooting guard. Girl. Okay, but he is. But the he's ult- not fifty-six. No, but he is the ultimate ally so i kind of feel like anyone that's a this guard, guard is, also played in miami okay so anyone that is a guard is ultimate going to get ally points because of their proximity to Dwayne wade so okay, i'm gonna this, go ally once again this is go. why you're in deliverance situations <laughs> i'm gonna he go. once said well you know i hate gay people so i let it be known i don't like gay people and i don't like to be around gay people i'm a homophobe okay so what you're saying is i couldn't be more wrong and it was Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway. In 2007. Ooh. So do you now think he's still a Judy? Obviously not. He is so as Rudy as Rudy? Rudy can be. And it Actually, kind of makes me not like Tim Hardaway Jr.? Tim Hardaway the third. He was Junior. So, so, so you're saying he's a Rudy? Yeah. Okay, once again, you're wrong. He's Wait. a Judy because that was 2007 and people changed Zach. Okay. So... <laughs> He later supported same-sex marriage, and in 2013, he was one of the first people to sign the bill to um, legalize gay marriage in his home state of Florida. I have right? whiplash. 
<laughs> and then he has done the work for the last 15 years and has completely apologized over and over and over, right? And has done it both publicly and privately and advocated for gay people and has blamed his 15 years in the Catholic Church and his upbringing for his homophobia and his ignorance. So he has 100% done a complete turnaround. So I believe in change, Zach. So it's really weird how like you don't. I'm sorry I was so close-minded. I hope that you'll forgive me on behalf of Hardaway's Everywhere. Don't. And I'm also glad that uh, Michigan Wolverine, his son, can now regain his place. Zach, I don't hate you. I hate the sin. <laughs> I don't hate you. I hate the system. <laughs> I don't hate you. I hate my weight gain. <laughs> oh, you look great. Girl. You do. This chair is struggling. <laughs> oh, well, that may be true, but the floor is sturdy. <laughs> is it, though? This is an extension. <laughs> oh, in that case, I'm going to be leaving. <laughs> in that case, deliverance. Bye. Um, This person is 69 years old. He played college basketball at Ohio and West Virginia. He was a point guard. A point guard brings the ball up, just in case. I didn't know if you knew that. Thank he you coached, so much for explaining that to me. He coached for 46 years, 24 NCAA tournaments, two Final Four appearances. Judy or Rudy? You really suck at this game. Mm, no, I feel like I was misled in the last one. It's a game. Um, <laughs> well, so coach, for how many years? 46. 46 years of professional coaching. I got to say that, well... I was going to say that coaching, you just have to be a Judy. You have to be an ally. But then I think of Mark Jackson, who was clearly a Rudy. Wait, co coached in college or professional? College. Oh, mm, Are you here with me? That's tricky. Two Final Four appearances. Oh, all right. Well, Then you get mad when I explain what a point guard is. I mean, yes. A coach tells them what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Please tell me again, Papa. <laughs> I'm going to say that this is a Rudy. You're right. The look on your face. He's so mad when I get it right. And you wonder why I keep getting them wrong. I'm just trying to make you happy. I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> thank you. Um, Bob Huggins. Oh. And he recently said it was the Crosstown shootout. <laughs> what it was was all those fags, those Catholic fags, I think. I don't know where the I think came in. Like, yeah. It was very clear. I think it was them. <laughs> Maybe it was them. Hold on. Let me check my notes. Yeah. No, it was those fags. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was the, the Catholic ones. <laughs> I have it right here in my note section on my iPhone. So he got um, – so he got – he didn't lose – his uh job mm -hmm. he like got fined or whatever and the main thing about it was catholics were mad that they were being called fags not that like he was calling people fags it was it that was he used the word toward catholics oh <laughs> i mean how dare you how dare god you? forbid i'm offended Please. as someone who like sucks dick i'm offended <laughs> jesus is offended <laughs> girl so like that wasn't enough for him to lose his job Three months later, he got caught in a DUI or DWI, whatever, and then he retired, right? And then, like, two weeks later, he, like, emailed them or whatever saying he didn't retire and he wants to be reinstated. And the university, like, basically responded to him like, you're confusing us. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this. So, yeah, like, I guess he's a Rudy, but, like, he might have dementia, so that's really weird that, like, you would criticize him that way. Oh, here we go again. I feel like I've been No, entrapped. but I agree. It's... It's impact, not intent. Yeah. 100%. I, I, He's homophobic. But like yeah. the way you made fun of him about his mental health. I know. Shame on me. Gosh, okay. I just, I've just stooped so low here on the podcast. So this person is a college football linebacker. Okay. 36 years old. Mm. Played at Cincinnati. Oh. He played for the Eagles and Giants. Okay. 
Giants. Yeah, the last thing he did was an executive producer for a Christmas album called A Philly Special Christmas. A Philly Special Christmas. What a beautiful title. Well, he played at Cincinnati, so he's a bear cat. <laughs> okay. My partner is also a bear cat. Girl, I don't care what you guys call each other. He, stu- <laughs> 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 he studied cello at the Cincinnati Conservatory of Music at the Wait, University of Cincinnati. For gay people, if somebody was a bear cat, like what would that be mean? Like they'd be like built like a bear, but like super femme. Like yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a bear cat. Bear. I think, <laughs> but like, is it what? <laughs> it's like a cousin of an otter. Oh, are they that small? I don't know. I would love to be a bear cat. Ground. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you're just talking about the sveltness of it, though, I think is what you want. I don't know what that means, but yeah, like, like skinniness. Like, like you. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that like a material? Mm, felt is a material. Felt, girl, yes. There we go. Everyone is learning today here on so, the podcast. Rudy or Judy? Out of the closet sports, an educational experience. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say Judy. <sighs> yes, he was actually. One of the first pro athletes to support gay marriage. And his name is Connor Barwin. Oh, Connor Barwin. Never heard of you, but we love you. If you want to come on the podcast and hang out with us. Okay. So he also said about having a gay teammate. He said, I imagine it's very hard to go through. So I would support the teammates no matter what. Oh, Connor. I, I want you on right. my and he team. did this while he was playing. Connor, if you have any interest in playing gay softball, I could get you on my team. He was on the Giants. I can't believe you don't remember him. I don't. I'm sorry. But um, do you know about the University of Cincinnati football stadium? It's pretty incredible. No. So there's their whole campus is sort of like built into the side of this hill. Like it's it's very hard to describe. But if you can just picture their football stadium is not very big and it's like in the center of the campus. So everything is built up around it. So it's almost like there's a hole in the middle of the campus. And so you can be in your classrooms and just walking through the middle of campus and look down onto the football field. The Cincinnati Stadium. Yeah, it's I've really it. cool. Oh, well, I said, have you seen the Cincinnati Stadium? And you said no. I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. He was confused. I have to say, Papa, that was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for taking me on that educational journey through the Judys and Rudys of the world today. And I'm glad I got to know you better. Yeah. And I didn't realize you were this type of person, but I will continue to do charity and um, work on you. I feel like being your friend has been the greatest gift I've given to any charity in Remember my when life. Remember ta- when you told a group of people that I taught you what it was like to love? I don't know <laughs> Oh, yeah. I probably did say that, didn't I? Well, thank God for editing. That's all the time we have this week. Thanks for listening to Out of the Closet Sports with Zach Booth and Papa Forge. Bye. Bye. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.